Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Slime and Good Times podcast. I'm your host, Walker, and today it's going to be a bleak pins episode. I hate to be that way, but, you know, uh, it just didn't go in our favor um, those last two games of the season. Uh, We go in to we beat the Wild. Uh, so basically, at this point, this is last week, if you remember, we had to have, we basically had to win out um, to get into the playoffs, and we we really didn't. Uh, we beat the Wild, beat the Red Wings, but you lose to the two worst teams in hockey, and the Blackhawks and the Blue Jackets. Um, a lot of stuff has happened since our last episode, fortunately, so we have plenty to talk about here on the podcast. So we will get into that as soon as possible and get ready for a good time. All right, first, so what we're going to do is we're going to get into the statistics of basically what happened in those games um, against each team. So we played the Wild. We win there. Uh, Carter, Latang, Raquel, and Zucker all scored goals. Uh, Gensel with two assists, Malkin had an assist, O'Connor had an assist, Raquel had an assist, Dumoulin had two assists, and Latang had an assist. So uh, Raquel and Latang had two points, Gensel had two points, Dumoulin had two points. Uh, and the win against the Red Wings, it was their Sidney Crosby show uh, with the beautiful, you know, his famous backhanded goal. It was, oh, I remember just watching it. And I, he just gets that puck in the net when he goes back in. Like, not many times I can recall him missing a backhand shot. It's his thing. But he scored two goals. Alex Nylander scored a goal. Dan Heinen had a nice uh, deflected goal. It was pretty pretty great. Uh, and then Malkin scored as well. Uh, Carter, Crosby, Granlin, Gensel, Zucker, Latang uh, had assists there. Uh, Crosby with a three-point night. And then, unfortunately, in the Blackhawks game, it was Malkin and Heinen, the only one that scored. Archibald, Raquel, and Petri had assists. Petri had two of them. Uh, that game just wasn't great. You know, it was 1-1 going into the third, and then Jari just kind of blew it, essentially. Defense didn't really do it. It was just it was embarrassing. Uh, and then against the Blue Jackets, you know, in the loss there in overtime, Gensel and Latang scored. Crosby with two assists, Raquel with an assist, and Latang with two assists. So basically, in the past, in the last four games, Crosby had five points, a little, little bit over a point per game average at that point, which he had all season. He had not, ended with I think ninety three points. Uh, Raquel had one, two, three, four points in four games. Latang had one, two, three, four, four points, and then I think. Gensel would have been second. He had two assists. Yeah. One, two, three. I think he had three or four points. So, going into the offseason, there's a lot of discussion of what we're going to do, essentially, with the Pens after the loss to the Blue Jackets, I think a day later, which would have been, well, played Thursday. Yeah, Friday. They fired Hextall, Burke, and Pryor, the GM, assistant GM, and the president of hockey operations. So now we have a bunch of holes to fill in the front office. A lot of, a lot of speculation about the Leafs front office um, GM coming in to potentially replace him. But the Leafs are in the playoffs, and we're not, so we can't 
Uh, we won't know until either the Leafs choke it in the first round like normal or they go on to do something in the playoffs. It just depends on what they want. But I had some topics I wanted to bring up. Uh, Sidney Crosby against the Red Wings with his uh, power play goal hit 1,500 points, which is a huge accomplishment in hockey. I've uh, done it with only one team, and that's your Pittsburgh Penguins. So it, it was beautiful to watch that goal and just him play this season. This is my first season as a Pens fan. It was nice seeing him do that and then scoring it. It was pretty cool for me, you know, coming in, just seeing Sidney Crosby do what he did all season. Not just a game, him and Malkin, all 82 games, healthy. And it was really cool. Uh, Tristan Jari is next. Do the Pens resign? I was talking to my friend Brandon, who I play lacrosse with, and I asked him, do you bring back Jari, yes or no? And if you do, what would you want to bring him back with? Like what price tag, what year value, you know? And at this point, I don't know personally if I want Jari back or not, the way He's played, but apparently he's been dealing with injuries all season. So it's kind of like, what do we get if we get a, a, a true, healthy Tristan Jari? Do we do better? Do we? What do we do? And with last season, Casey DeSmith being resigned, unfortunately, I have a feeling that we're going to end up bringing back the same goalie tandem. Um, I, I like Tristan Jari. I think if he's healthy, he can be a, a top 10 goalie, fully healthy. That might ruffle some feathers here and there. Um, but I don't know. I'd like a one or two year deal at about three to four uh, annual average value would be nice. So that way it's not a huge cap hit and we can see what he's like healthy. And if, if he's healthy and he's good on a one year deal, you just re sign him in the next offseason to that, what, five, six year deal, probably averaging five, six million a year. Um, that's my big thing there with Tristan Jari is what is healthy Tristan Jari look like and do we go get a better um, backup goalie? Do we trade to Smith for picks and hope that cap hit goes away and go get someone else? Um, a lot of a lot of speculation on John Gibson, uh, the Ducks goalie. He's been, been he's been shopped around for quite a while. Um, I've heard Brandon told me that. Uh, Jari, not Jari, Gibson has been um, shopped for a few years, and you know, with being with a bad organization, we could get him cheap and let Jari walk, essentially. Um, and then I'd, I'd like to see a new backup goaltender. But uh, I've heard like Mark Madden say is like you can't let Casey Smith start twenty, thirty games. Like you can't let him be the main goalie for a stretch because that stretch, you know, we weren't good. We were losing a lot of games. And it just wasn't pretty. Um, so it's just up to me. I'm like, I think we bring back Jari at under five mil for two years. I'd like one one year three mil or two years seven mil. That way you're kind of getting a deal on both. I'm sorry also for the congestion. I have allergies. And today it has said, hey, you're going to be a bit stuffy. And I'm like, great, thanks. So... I also, if you have any good allergy medicine recommendations, please let me know because whatever I'm taking is not it and I need to get better, get better allergy medicine. So if you're an allergy medicine company out there that wants to sponsor me, I'm your guy. But anyway, we're going to um, transition a little bit into um, just the point leaders here and 
we'll talk about that. Just um, the, the point leader sort of depends. Uh, Sid ended with 33 goals and 60 assists, led the team in assists. For a while, he was leading the team in both goals and assists. Then Jake Gensel was like, you know what? It's time for me to shine. Uh, Gino had 27 goals and 56 assists. Jake Gensel had 36 goals and 37 assists, led the team in goals. Ricard Raquel had 28 goals and 32 point, uh, 32 assists, which makes him, quick math, I think 60 points per game. 60 points. And what's crazy with that is he was on a bunch of different lines that season. At one point, he was on the first line. At one point, he was on the second line. At some points, he's on the third line. And it was just one of those things that's like, wow, he's been going through all those different um, all those different lines, but yet here he is with, with 60 points, 20, 28 goals and 32 assists. And then we get to our last top five um, point leader, which is Jason Zucker, um, 27 goals, 21 assists. Now, he is going to be an unrestricted free agent, and I am fully invested in Jason Zucker. I say you give him a three-year, five, six million dollar deal. I really like Jason Zucker. I think what he brought to the team was undeniable. He was one of our main motivators, one of our guys that you needed something. And watch, and he had a good run at one point. He had 11 goals in like 13 games or something like that. And I wa- I went to one game where he just dominated. Jason Zucker was that guy for us. Like he wasn't like Sidney Crosby, to like, you know what I mean? But he was one of the most important pieces of this team. And if we made a playoffs, he would have been a very important piece. So I think you bring, you have to bring him back. That way, it solidifies the top the top two pairing. I think the top two pairing next year should be no 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 doubt here. This is my personal opinion. I believe this should be the top two pairing: center uh, Crosby, left wing Gensel, right wing Raquel, second line um, Malkin, left wing at, at center, left wing Zucker, right wing Rust, um, and then third line center Paling. Uh, Nylander left or right wing. You can put him kind of wherever you want. And then O'Connor. I like O'Connor, but I think we're going to get something. I think we have a bunch of holes in the bottom six. Jeff Carter. Um, if you follow my personal Twitter, you'd see that I was bashing Jeff Carter around January, early February. I thought he was not playing good. He he just really wasn't playing like a hockey. He it was not good. It was atrocious. And then he picked it up. I genuinely can say that when I watched the back half of the season from, like, March till now, I think uh, Jeff Carter played a lot better than what he was, and he looked a lot better. It could have been just the confidence issue. I mean, he looked really good. Had some moments where it's like, what the fuck are you doing? What is going on? What are you doing? And then the moments, it was like, you see him just play really good hockey, and it was nice to see um, I like O'Connor. I think you definitely got to bring back O'Connor. If I can't remember if he's restricted or unrestricted. I really like O'Connor. I feel like he brought a, a good ton of youth and speed and physicality to the team, which we desperately need as the team gets older. We're one of the oldest teams in the league, if not the oldest team in the league. Uh, so it would be nice to see them influate uh, in, what's the word? A, a, bring in youth. Just bring in youth and speed because that's what Mike Sullivan wants he wants speed bring in speed um again i'm sorry for the allergies this it's really killing me uh so if it just sounds weird i apologize but um but no i think uh a big part for um 
team is bringing in speed and size and physicality and just. But our defense is going to be, I think, um, defense and goaltending is going to be the major change I see. If I am the GM coming in, you have a lot. Oh, and Mikhail Grant, Mikhail Granlin, oh, he was atrocious. Was not a good hockey player. It was bad. Terrible deal. Deal by Ron Hextall. Even though they said that uh, prior, the assistant GM was all it was the main proponent in that. You can't let people like that. Again, he is assistant GM. You can't let people just dictate it. Like Mike Sullivan wanted Jacob Chikrin. Like two firsts. I mean, you give up this first round, this first year, next year, give up Doolin. You know what I mean? Give up something like that. You can't give up Patterson. Patterson was one of our best demon this season. Um, and then you bring in Chikrin to put in the first line, and then you have your second second line pairing of uh, Pedersen and Petri, and then third line of P.O. Joseph and Kulikov. We made that trade. That'd be the third line. Yeah. Um, but I think what you got to do is you just got to break it down. You you don't re-sign Brian Dumoulin. You, you get rid of Petri. Oh, it was Jan Ruda. Yeah, Jan Ruda been that final pairing. Not, um, not, who, who did I say? Kulikov? Yeah, you don't bring in Kulikov. That was terrible. Um, I, I think you just, you, you fix the, you keep Latang. you bring up Ty Smith from Wilkes-Barre, which you traded for, and you didn't get to play him because you messed up, you fucked up the cap so fucking bad that you couldn't bring in the guy you traded for, and it was just an issue. You got to bring him up when Latang went on uh, long-term IR, which and he quarterbacked the power play quite well, but you just screwed the cap up so much you couldn't even play him. He did take a pace, uh, a face, a puck to the face. Jesus, he did take a puck to the face in Wilkes-Barre, so he was out for some time when we had defensive injuries, which we could have helped. But you know, puck to face—that's one of those things you can't really say. Oh, we well, he's always injured. Like a puck to the face, you know, that could happen to literally anybody. Um. But no, you gotta redo the bottom, the, the defense. Pedersen, Latang, and Ty Smith, maybe P.O. Joseph are the only ones that you save. You should get rid of Pedersen. Not Pedersen. You should get rid of Petri, Ruda. Um, you just gotta get rid of it. You know, you can't have, you can't, you can't have it. You just simply can't. You traded for him. You, I mean, new new GM's gonna come in. He's going to do what he wants to do, but that's what you got to do. All right, so now we're finishing up our segment on the pens, uh, and we're going to lead into the NFL. First with the big news, not really big anymore. It was when it came out. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. signed to the Ravens. I think it was a one-year deal up to $18 million. I didn't really get a chance to look into the contract to see what it was, but I know it was one year up to $18 million, which kind of confirms, uh, not really confirms, but Fixes the Lamar situation, sort of. I think Lamar's going to stay now that he has a wide receiver. At least one. You know, he's got J.K. Dobbins in the backfield. I think Gus Edwards is still there. Uh, Mark Andrews is still there. So you have some sort of offensive identity. Odell Beckham's going to come in. He's going to make plays for you. Um, but that's that on that. Uh, Jeffrey Simmons, my Titans guy, he gets re-signed by um, Rand Carthen, uh, our new GM, uh, it was good to see him get re-signed because a lot of us were worried. Like last year, 
where uh, John Robinson didn't get a deal done with A.J. Brown, trades him on draft day for a first and a third. The first ends up being, um, what's his name, uh, Traylon Burks. And then that third, I think we ended up trading. We traded back from our, our initial first pick back in the second. So I think that third was either for um, Malik Willis or Nicholas Petit-Ferrer. So, I mean, solid picks, but, like, it's not – they're not A.J. Brown. You know, it did fill a hole for us, I mean, I guess, but it wasn't – it's not A.J. Brown impactful. And you saw what A.J. Brown did all season with the, with the Eagles, t- helping him get to the Super Bowl, helping him almost win the Super Bowl. Um, yeah, like, I'm not going to say if we have A.J. Brown in the Super Bowl because our offensive line was that terrible – but it definitely helps. I mean, our receiving core was atrocious last year. Robert Woods uh, didn't do much. Chalen Burks did some things good. Kyle Phillips was hurt. Uh, NWI was Nick Westbrook-Akina was so-so. Um, you know, we, we get rid of uh, – we didn't get rid of, but Austin Hooper, our main tight end, didn't re-sign with us, so it's the Chiga Quantico. Um, season for him at T uh, T one at tight end one, but the, I think the biggest thing is the future of Tannehill. Um, I've seen a lot. I don't know if these are like clickbaits or what, but I have seen a lot, and I mean a lot, a lot, a lot of talk about Derrick Henry getting shipped and Tannehill for the third pick. And the only way I this is my thing. I you don't trade Derrick Henry at all. I say. No matter what it is, I think Derrick Henry is a staple to this offense. You need him to be efficient. You got to keep Derrick Henry. Uh, Tannehill, if you can trade Tannehill for a rookie quarterback, do it, but only if it's Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. If Carolina didn't trade up to the one pick, I would have put, I would have not put money on it, but I would have bet that um, we potentially trade up to that one spot. Because there's no way Houston, our division rival, lets us get that second pick unless they get like a massive haul. But like, there's no way they're gonna trade the Titans and in division a number two pick, which gives us a quarterback of the future. It just never happens. I mean, I'm trying to think of the last time that happened. Um, I can't think of one off the top of my head. Last time a one pick was traded was this year. It went from Carolina to the Bears. Same conference, wrong division. Jags went back to back at first, I think. Last time a one pick was traded. Let me look that up. Let me look at the last one time. Um, first overall pick trades NFL. Let's see. Here we go. Third, no, thanks ESPN. Let's open it. ESPN has me on the hookup. Let's see. Yeah, Bears to Bears Panthers. Uh tight oh it was us. Titans Rams. Chargers Falcons. Jets Rams. Panthers Bengals. Patriots Cowboys. Falcons Colts. Buck. Well, look at this one. <laughs> wow, look at this. Tampa Bay. This is back in nineteen eighty four. Tampa Bay Buccaneers traded it to the Bengals, and then I think the Bengals traded it to the Patriots, and they drafted 
Irving Freyer. Interesting. Hmm. A wide receiver. He was a wide receiver. Oh, and then the, the Bucks in 1978 traded for sort of a pick to the Houston Oilers, and the Houston Oilers, which is the Titans, um, got Earl Campbell. So it doesn't look like it's ever been done unless the division lines are a lot different than they were like now. But, no. Um, yeah, that's pretty... That's it. So there's never been an in-division trade for that one pick. Maybe like a two or three. But, I mean, I just don't don't really believe it. You know what I mean? Like, I just... I don't think it's a good draft strategy. Unless you get a massive haul. Um, so... But, no, there's that kind of information. I guess we'll go on... I asked some of my friends, what should I talk about today? And they came up with the deflate gate. I was like, you know, that's a good idea. If you don't know what the deflate gate is, uh, the deflate gate is, what's the word? The scam? Not scam. Um, how do I describe the deflate gate as an in one word? I don't know. Anyway. The Flight Gate was a, a scandal. That's it. It was a scandal. How was the word I was looking for? The Flight Gate's a scandal that um, accused, and I think they proved in, in court, which is crazy to believe. They, um, they proved that Tom Brady and his equipment staff deflated uh, footballs um, in the, I think it was, the conference championship against the Colts in, I think, 2015 or 16. I think it was 15, because it would have been, yeah, against the Colts in 2015. So, that had got out. Uh, they suspended Brady. Let's look it up. I'll give you a better, because I remember a little bit of it. I was kind of confused by it all. Deflate gate. Wikipedia? Yeah, Wikipedia is a reliable source. Oh, we'll go ESPN. That way... So if someone tries to quote call me on my um, sources, now I'm gonna go to the uh, Wikipedia because a little bit easier to read. I like Wikipedia. I think Wikipedia is a good source, and I'm out for like major papers, but like it's a good source. Um, the Deflategate was a scandal. See, there we go. In the National Football League, uh, involving the allegation that New England Patriots. Quarterback Tom Brady ordered the deliberate deflations of footballs that were used in the Patriots' victory against the Indianapolis Colts during the 2014 AFC Championship. Uh, yeah, that was right. On January 18, 2015, uh, it resulted in Brady being suspended for four games, while the team was uh, fined a million dollars and forfeited two draft picks. Let's see. Background investigation. Um. They began the investigation um, into underinflation of game balls in the 2014-15 playoffs. The report of the investigation was released in May May of 2015. On January 22nd, Bill Belichick indicated that he did not know anything about the balls being underinflated until the day after the event and that the New England Patriots would fully cooperate with the investigation. So I would read you the quote, but it's a pretty long quote, and I just don't care about reading it. Uh, Brady... Well, it was so weird. I remember this. I remember like Brady like destroying a phone or something, and it was so scandal. It was pretty funny. I I would love for them to make like a like a mini series about it. I think it'd be like a three episode, three parter. 
That'd be funny. I think it'd be really cool to see. I don't know. Maybe it's just the inner TV show guy in me coming out. But that was the Deflategate. Uh, I can't remember who said I think it was Connor Sinclair. Oh, speaking of Connor Sinclair, shout out Bing Bong. Congratulations to him as Dan Snyder. He's a Commanders fan. Uh, Bing Bong is. Uh, Dan Snyder is selling the Washington Commanders to um, the, what is it, the 76ers owner. I think, what's his name? Josh? Not Josh Smith. Is it? Once again, should have looked this up before, but I didn't get to, um, I didn't get to print off my talk sheet. Um, Dan Snyder, Dan Snyder, Dan Snyder. What's his name? Josh Harris. It wasn't Josh Smith. It was Josh Harris. Uh, I'll read you the with a tweet from Adam Schefter. The Josh Harris groups have reached a preliminary agreement to buy the commanders from Dan Snyder for $6.05 billion. It is not exclusive. The deal is not signed. Um, but it is in the works. And it's, the preliminary talks have started. So that's a good thing. Sorry, let me get a sip here. Um, today's drink of choice is... Ice Pop, my favorite prime drink. Um, it's a hydration drink with five. It's 500 milliliters. Uh, nutrition facts: only 20 calories. There's only two percent of total carbohydrates. Um, 700 grams of potassium. There are 900 grams of vitamin A. 15 grams of vitamin E. 3.4 milligrams of vitamin B6. Um, 4.8 eight MCGs of vitamin B12 and 124 uh, milligrams of magnesium. Uh, calories per gram, there's nine calories, so there's only, it's not bad. And it's a delicious drink, you know, it has a lot of good flavor in it. I'm a big prime guy. So hey, Logan Paul, if you somehow hear this, sponsor me. I love prime. Prime would be a great drink to sponsor this video with. I wish it was. I wish I was sponsored by Prime. Maybe I should DM and make. Hey man, I drink like two primes a day. Sponsor this video or the podcast. You know how cool that'd be if this. If I started off, everything is high. Welcome to Sliming at Times, sponsored by Prime. That'd be really cool. Take that, haters. But next, we're going to get into a segment that uh, was brought to my attention. I thought it'd be kind of cool conspiracy theories so what i'm going to do is i'm going to i'm going to start off with two that i kind of believe in as crazy as it sounds we'll definitely start off with the birds aren't real now my big isaiah gossett i think also believes this that birds aren't real they're just surveillance drones which is an interesting thing to think about you know i mean obviously i think people are going to be like I've seen a dead bird. There's no drone in there. But you never know. I think there are pigeons are definitely drones. Those things just look sketchy. You know what I mean? I also have a massive fear of birds. So, yeah. Yeah, birds aren't real. Um, let's Google that. Let's see what kind of cool things we can find when we Google. Birds aren't real. All right. There is... There's a 60 Minutes... That's awesome. There's a 60 minutes of birds aren't real. In Pittsburgh, Memphis, and Los Angeles, massive billboards recently popped up declaring birds aren't real. Um, conspiracy theory, birds aren't real. Let's see. Let's see. 
Oh, it's a, apparently it's a joke, not an actual, like, real conspiracy theory. But I believe it. Birds aren't real. You heard it here first from Sliming at Times. Next, we're going to go, JFK was assassinated by the mob. Not. Um, what is it? What's his name? Um, oh, my gosh. Why am I forgetting this? I love the JFK assassination. R.I.P. my homie. Hadn't known. Lee Harvey Oswald, that's his name. Lee Harvey Oswald. So my thing is, I think there are two shooters, and I think that Lee Harvey Oswald was one, but he was commissioned by the mob. I mean, just all the facts that kind of lead up, I think it was definitely two shooters. Um, I wish that would be proven. Uh, That's one thing I really want before I die, is I want to see that this conspiracy theory be checked true. I think it would be really cool. Um... To see if, like, the actual, um, that JFK was assassinated by the mob. But, you know, I just googled 30 wild conspiracy theories. Well, I'll read them off, um, and we'll go by each one, kind of. Moon landing was, so I'll read them off, and I will say if I believe it, if it, it could be true. Like, obviously, they're conspiracy theories, so it's not, like, they're not fully proven. But I will read it off, and I will agree or disagree if it could be true, potentially. Moon landing was fake. I believe it. I believe it could be fake. Because, think about it. We went to the moon in 1969. What What's happened since? Nothing. We've never been to the moon since, I don't think. Maybe, like, one other time or two times. But, like, come on. Do it again. Prove me wrong here. Government took JFK. Just talked about that one. COVID-19 was engineered by the media. I do not believe that because I, I mean, it could have been, but I believe, I don't believe that's true. I think it was a pretty bad thing. I don't think the media would have done that. Earth has been sucked into the black hole. Don't believe that. Disney created Frozen. I have heard this one. I'm going to read it out loud for you. People have long discussed the conspiracy theory that Walt Disney used cryogenic technology to freeze himself when he died, even though the Disney family refutes the claim. However, a new theory is that Walt Disney Company created Frozen as a way to hack Google search algorithm and distract consumers from information about the... I believe that's that's a good point. Hmm. Yeah. That's a good one. Denver International Airport is Illuminati headquarters. I've heard this all my life. I fully believe it. What's in Denver other than, like, sports teams? The Earth is hollow. No, don't believe that one. The world is flat, not at all. Mint and Chris and Jack believe that. I think no, I think Chris does believe it, but definitely uh, Mint, Hagdo, and Jack Barnett, lacrosse players of mine, definitely believe that. Prince Charles is a vampire. No, but that'd be freaking awesome. Bigfoot is real. Definitely, I've seen Bigfoot. I've seen Bigfoot. Yep. The Nazis had a secret base in Antarctica. I could believe that. That that makes sense. Living in the Matrix. No. The moon isn't real. No. Well, that would tie in. Do I have done it again? No. Don't believe that one. I believe the Titanic didn't actually sink. Uh, It says... Mr. Roger Jackson has been talking conspiracy theories. They believe it was another one. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, I, I could I could buy that, that the Titanic didn't think it was another ship that sunk. Okay. Apollo 17 wasn't the last moon mission. Hmm. Let's read this one. Uh, after the success of Apollo 17 in 1972, America stopped sending astronauts to the moon. NASA claimed they had logged all research they needed and government funding was reduced, but a movie about a fictional Apollo 18 came out, and now suddenly the mission was real and ended tragically when the aliens, when the astronauts had run in with aliens. I can believe that. Zombies can rise from the dead? Uh, I don't know about that one. Bill Gates is making fake snow? No, don't believe that at all. The Betts Mystery Sphere is an alien, is alien material. The Betts Mystery Sphere has baffled the public. It was founded by a couple in Florida in 1974. Conspiracy theories convinces alien material. My others say it's military. I believe that one. Maybe a heart eaten by crabs? No, don't believe that one. The Loch Ness Monster lives in Scotland. Oh, I believe that one. 5G causes cancer and COVID. No, don't believe that one. I worked it. No. A solar flare caused the Titanic to sink? No, don't believe that one. The Black Knight satellite is an alien spacecraft. Don't believe that. Sirens were responsible for shipwrecks? Oh, okay. They're, they're like, okay, so it says, sailors have claimed that mystical women dubbed sirens or sirens would have lured them to rocks causing the shipwrecks to, ships, I mean, yes, it also could be, um, what do you call it, when you, uh, when you go crazy, you, you see things, it could have been something you saw, you think you saw, Planet X is home to a world called Nibiru, I don't want to say that word, um, maybe, it sounds like a Star Wars spinoff, but no. Queen Elizabeth, I was a man? Some believe that Queen Elizabeth... Oh, oh. Queen Elizabeth I was a man. Queen, some believe that Queen Elizabeth I died as a child and to prevent the, prevent the end of the royal line was replaced with a young boy. Um, this theory is said to explain why the ruler remained chaste. I don't know. Some words I don't know how to pronounce. Uh, airplane exhaust trails are filled with chemicals. No. The abominable snowman lives in Asia? Sure. The COVID vaccine has a 5G chip in it? No, I would say yes. But like, I, sp I get terrible reception anywhere I go. Oh, well. And lastly... Internet routers can lead to a harmful 5G rating. What is this 5G truth? These guys are freaking crazy. I don't believe that. There are some of those, I not the 5G, but there's some conspiracy theories I believe, and I just kind of mentioned the ones I do believe. Um, but that's kind of it. Um, yeah, that's kind of it for this episode. Um, if you have any more conspiracy theories that you want to talk about or you want to hear about on the show, go ahead, follow me on Twitter at Slime and Good Times. Um, I will answer all questions there. And follow me there. Follow my personal Twitter at WalkerMostly5. And for that, it's the end of the day. All right. Have a good one. Thanks for tuning in.